It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know that. Do you know that you should be subscribing, however, to every podcast, whether it's on your audio platform or youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, please subscribe. Even Money Podcast, College Draft Podcast, which was awesome. Taking Emery's takeaways. Greg Cosell was incredible on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Some very interesting observations about Drake London, about Jahan Dotson over Chris Olave. You're going to want to listen or watch to that. Watch to that? I don't even know what that means. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Evidently, I have a TikTok now. I need more TikTokers at Ross Tucker NFL. Star of the show is Joe Dolan. I am so fired up for the next few episodes because we finally know. Like We finally know where these rookies are, what teams they're on. And so Joe has his rankings, including today, his wide receiver rankings, maybe we'll get to tight ends too. It depends on how long it takes. But we're going to get to the wide receivers for sure. Follow Joe at FG underscore Dolan and go to fantasypoints.com so you can use the code 22FEAST and get ready for fantasy football season. Because, Joe, it's it's kind of go time now for best ball, oh, yeah. for dynasty. I mean, it's once the draft happens – it's go time. Yeah, I, I am a, 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 a admitted Ross. I don't do my best ball drafts until um, uh, until the draft is over. That's just how I prefer to do it. I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong, but um, uh, I think everybody's going to start really getting into it. You know, Underdog Fantasy posted their contest, and you know, DraftKings is going to get going soon, and Best Ball Tens is already going. Um, the NFL schedule comes out next week which adds yet maybe the final layer that you need to really be comfortable starting your drafts which is you know bye weeks coming out but um that's not a huge deal i start after the draft and you know dynasty drafters are going to be doing their rookie drafts so that's going to be a lot of fun and we have um we have rookie rankings to get to um even though this wasn't considered maybe the deepest skill position player class certainly at the quarterback position, um, there's a lot of guys at the wide receiver position, especially, who have an opportunity to make a long-term impact. Yeah, there's no question, Joe. Um, I think people know this, but let's just go over it again. I mean, now that we know what team they're on, and we have a pretty good idea for the veterans on the team, in other words, Traylon Burks, Traylon Burks going to the Titans, that's good. Traylon Burks going to the Titans without A.J. Brown, really good for him, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, these are the things and the situations you need to take into account for these grades. Uh, I love best ball. You know it will be all over that. Obviously, people love Dynasty as well. So, let's dive into it, Joe. And your number one ranked rookie wide receiver 
pretty interesting, I think. Yeah. You've got Garrett Wilson from the Jets. Yeah. Well, I, I thought he was the best receiver in the draft, and I'm kind of sticking with that after the draft. And I think this probably requires you to rank Garrett Wilson first to be bullish on Zach Wilson. And I guess maybe I am. I I, 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 I have a hard time. I don't have a hard time seeing, rather, Gar- uh, uh, Zach Wilson improving. I'm going to get those two confused all freaking year. Oh, God, that's going to be annoying. Uh, Wilson, yeah, which one? Um, it, it, I don't have a hard time seeing Zach Wilson improving in a tangible way. I, I think him, he, in the second year of this offense, is very well supported by the team around him. Garrett Wilson um, was very popular. I think Greg Cosell compared him to him. When you put put, put on the tape, you see a Stephon Diggs type of receiver, the kind of guy who could become a number one receiver. Now, for this year alone, if we're looking 2022 alone, I don't think anybody has a has an easier path to targets than Drake London. But I think Garrett Wilson's a better player. I think Garrett Wilson becomes the better long-term fantasy option. He is my number one dynasty wide receiver, but I guarantee you, through all of this, we're going to be splitting a lot of hairs. And I think beyond Brees Hall being the number one overall pick in dynasty drafts, as he should be, um, there's going to be a lot of disagreement and a lot of picks made based on team needs. So I guess my question is, Corey Davis is still there. Elijah Moore is still there. They signed CJ Uzama in free agency. I'm surprised you have Garrett Wilson ahead of Drake London. Well, I just well, first of all, I I think Garrett Wilson's a better player than Drake London. No, so I this, heard you say that. This is a this is a dynasty. Is this for is this ranking. for this year or is no? This, this for is like, dynasty. This is dynasty. Okay, these are dynasty rankings. That is that's what's important. I have London several rounds ahead of of uh, Garrett Wilson in redraft, and we'll obviously get to that. But this is for dynasty. I have Garrett Wilson because I think he's the best receiver in this class. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Second, um, you've got Jamison Williams. Yes. Um, who He was the one receiver who I think game changer, game breaker truly applied to in this class. And the Lions made a significant move for him. They moved up 20 spots to get him. It's clear they view him as that kind of player. And as much as I like Amon Ross St. Brown, and we all like Amon Ross St. Brown after what he did at the end of last season. He is a certain type of receiver. Jamison Williams has the opportunity to be a Tyreek Hill level game changer at the next level. Now, that would require the Lions upgrading a quarterback. And Jared Goff, as he showed last year, can be a perfectly fine caretaker. But that's all he is right now. He is a caretaker. So this is requires a projection into the future, but Jamison Williams had skills that were rare for the wide receiver position, and that is why I am ranking him number two. Um, even if he might not be able to get off on the foot on the uh, on the foot that might consider him an instant impact player, given he tore his ACL in the national championship game. Number three, you've got Drake London. Yeah, and this one I really struggled with, and. Ultimately, I had to come down on the side of whatever the polarizing nature of London's uh, prospect profile is. He was the first receiver drafted in a spot where they need someone to catch passes. They flat out need it. The, the second best receiver on this team is Alameda Zacchaeus. Now, 
this is what this is where I'm really interested to see how they're going to use Drake London. Greg Cosell and, and multiple others thought he might profile best as a big slot receiver in the Marcus Colston, you know, late career Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Thomas kind of mold. Now, those were productive roles. You know, Marcus Colston caught 700 passes in the NFL, okay? Larry Fitzgerald's going to the Hall of Fame for things he did before he was a big slot, but just for posterity's sake. It's going to be interesting to see how Arthur Smith uses Drake London because whatever you think about Drake London, they spent a top 10 draft pick on him, and he's instantly their best wide receiver. Even the guys who are the lowest on Drake London have got to admit they think he's their best wide receiver right now. Look at the rest of the depth chart. But Kyle Pitts is there. And Kyle Pitts has a skill set that profiles, he could play boundary X. I wonder if London might be used as kind of a slot and they, and they switch that up a little bit. Essentially Pitts plays wide receiver and London plays slot. Whatever the case, Drake London's going to get a ton of targets as a rookie. Um, The thing that I have concerns about, and they're the same things that I had concerns about pre-draft, his contested catch profile. Some didn't think it was a big deal. Some thought it was a massive deal. Um, And you look at some of the guys who have come out of college who have a highly contested catch rate uh, on the profile, and it is bust after bust after bust. Nikhil Harry, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims, uh, all these guys were contested catch gods, and not a single one of them has done anything worth a damn in the NFL. Drake London's name is dead smack in the middle of that. This is going to be an interesting bellwether because Drake London is either going to buck that trend or he is going to reinforce it to the fact that we might consider it a fatal flaw in the future. The fact of the matter is the Falcons weren't worried about it, so they took him number eight overall. Drake London, based on draft capital, based on team need, is my number three dynasty wide receiver in this class, and many are going to have him number one, and I understand that. And it's fair to say he'll be the number one in any redraft rankings. Oh, oh yeah, that's not even close. I mean, again, like I said, I have reasons that I'm lower on Drake London, but by far he is the uh, the number one uh, rookie receiver. I have him as a sixth-round pick right now on my best ball rankings, and it wouldn't shock me if he goes higher than that. Next up, boy, I had an interesting conversation on the latest Ross Tucker football podcast with – Greg Cosell about this one. Chris Olave from the Saints. The amount of resources, Joe, Massive. that they expended to get this young man on their team. I mean, and Greg thinks he's a number two receiver behind Michael Todd. That's a lot for a number two receiver. Well, yeah. I mean, Greg thought he profiled best as a number two receiver. And I think if you look at Olave's profile – statistical and on film i think he looks like a number two receiver and like here's the thing though a number one he is their number two receiver behind michael thomas presuming michael thomas is healthy um alave's profile was that of a smooth fluid route runner who has very little tackle breaking ability very little physicality to his game but the thing about alave with the saints is i don't think he's going to be necessarily be asked to be that guy who's a chain mover, 
Like, that's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is your chain mover. If Jameis Winston needs seven yards on third and six, he's going to go to Michael Thomas. He's not going to go to Chris Olave. You know, Chris Olave is going to be the guy, play action, a little early in the down, creating an explosive play. Um, based on opportunity, I mean, here's the other thing with, with the Saints. Their wide receiver depth chart, outside of Michael Thomas, who didn't play last year, by the way, um, is nearly Atlanta pre-Drake London levels of awful. I mean, you're looking at Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway, Deontay Hardy, who's kind of an interesting player, but Lil Jordan Humphrey, all these lists of guys who are like UDFA-type receivers. There's plenty of opportunity for Chris Olave to come in here and make an impact, but I did struggle with this ranking because of the guy I had next on my board as well. Well, yeah, that this is where it gets interesting. Um, but before we get to the next guy, I do want people to know that this week, new customers, I know we get new listeners all the time, can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do in the NBA playoffs because DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS so they know your boy sent you. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Incredible. That's promo code ROSS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Joe. Traylon Burks. Yeah. I've been waiting for this one. Clearly, the Tennessee Titans think that he is AJ Brown or yeah. close to it. And you know, this is where this is where it's really difficult because AJ Brown's 24 and is already AJ Brown. So there's no projection there with what Philadelphia did. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about that trade at some point. But when you go to Traylon Burks, um, this is a talented player. And I put on some tape of him last night just because I knew we were going to be talking about this. Because I understood that Burks was also a polarizing player uh, based on maybe the way he was used. He didn't test as well as people thought. But ultimately, I came away with a pretty positive assessment of Traylon Burks. But I am a little bit concerned. You know, it's Tennessee. It's this run-heavy offense. Is Malik Willis the quarterback of the future here? Um, Another thing that, by the way, played into Drake London's ranking for me is I don't know who their quarterback's going to be in the long term. Is Desmond Ritter going to be the guy? Um, Traylon Burks. I just I thought that like to expect him to come in and be AJ Brown out of the gate is probably foolish. But if you're looking at these guys from a redraft perspective, I actually have him second to Drake London in this class, just ahead of Chris Olave, um, because of the immediate opportunity that you see here. Um, just factoring in the run heaviness of the Tennessee offense, maybe some uncertainty with the quarterback position for the long term is why I have Traylon Burks here, but. Ross, this is just yet another example of why having maybe a middle to back end of first round pick uh, uh, in in your rookie dynasty draft this year might actually be beneficial. Because if somebody wanted to tell me, hey, yeah, I'm taking uh, Traylon Burks over Garrett Wilson in dynasty, I might be like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. I mean, he's got a lot of opportunities, a talented player, sure, why not? Yeah, 
So Traylon Burks, this is where I really started to struggle, and I'm I'm certainly going to be tweaking these once I hear more opinions from other people. Yeah, I guess I'm a little surprised that out of the six first-round receivers, the guy you're lowest on is Jahan Dotson from the Commanders and your alma mater. It's like you're spitting on your everything he did for your college the last three years. By the way, did you see the quotes from Ron Rivera about what they liked? Oh, boy. About what they liked about about – John yeah. Dotson. So let me let me read that quote. By the way, let me let me uh, get to it. Let's see if I can let's see if I can find the quote, the exact the exact one. Um, while I do that, let me just talk about my opinion. Okay, I found it. I found it. Uh, here's the quote. The reporter asked him, "What was it that had you sold on Jahan Dotson?" Well, probably the biggest thing is when you look at guys and you break them down. This is Ron Rivera talking. You also look at who he's playing with, and not to knock any of his teammates, but mumbles. Literally, they put mumbles in parentheses. The quarterback they had was a good player, okay? He wasn't a great player. And he just and he, meaning Dotson, just seemed to make this guy, meaning Sean Clifford, better. And you saw the catches that he made. I'm not trying to kill the kid, size in parentheses, but you sit there and think, well, he didn't throw a very accurate ball. But Dotson, this guy Dotson, was making him look good, okay? Ron Rivera just crapped all over Sean Clifford. Um, by the way, Ross, we're going to have to talk about Will Levis being like a projected top 10 quarterback uh, pick in the next year's draft. Um, I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to talk about that maybe off air at a later date because I'm I'm still wor- wondering about that. Anyway, Jahan Dotson, number six overall. I think it's funny what Ron Rivera's quote said there. And I tweeted this out on the night of the NFL draft. And I said, Jahan Dotson's going to be a great fit in Washington because he had to adjust to a lot of poorly thrown deep balls last year. And he's going to have to do the same thing this year with Carson Wentz. Um, I'm low on Wentz after the things we've learned about Wentz in recent years. I think Dotson is an interesting stylistic pairing with Terry McLaurin. I think you could kind of view them as similar type receivers. So I'm not really sure exactly what his immediate role is going to be. I don't trust Wentz. Um, ultimately, I love Dotson, the player. Uh, but when I think about immediate role vis-a-vis future role, this one was the most confusing to me uh, in the first round of the draft. And that's why I have him sixth among these these uh, rookie receivers from the first round. All right. So I am very fired up. For these next couple, mm-hmm. because really curious, the Kansas City Chiefs took a receiver pretty high. They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers took a receiver pretty high. They both took him in the second round. They don't have Devontae Adams anymore. You might have heard. Mm-hmm. So you start with Sky Moore. Interestingly, isn't it, Joe, that it's the two teams that were most high-profile needing a receiver because they lost them, arguably the two best receivers in the NFL. It's two teams that didn't take it till, take them until the second round. And it's two guys that didn't play Power 5 football. Yeah. You're talking about Sky Moore from the MAC and Christian Watson from FCS. So there's just a lot of similarities between these two. You have more ahead of Christian Watson – and I'm going to say this right now. I wouldn't be surprised 
if Moore ends up being like a star for the Chiefs. Yeah, and and first and foremost, um, let's look at uh, Sky Moore. One of the weirdest profiles I have ever seen for from a wide receiver from a build standpoint, Ross. He is 5'9 and 3 quarters, so he is under 5'10. His hands are 10 and a quarter big. So he has less than running back height, and he has defensive lineman hands. He has absolutely massive mitts, bigger than mine. I think I've, I think I have, uh, me and Brawley measured our hands once, and I think I'm like nine and a, nine and a quarter. I don't have very big hands. Um, certainly wouldn't be drafted as a quarterback. Uh, but he has massive mitts. Um, he does come from a school, by the way, in Western Michigan that has put wide receivers in the NFL. Greg Jennings, D. Eskridge, Corey Davis. This is a school that has put, and this is a conference that has put wide receivers in the NFL. It's a different level than North Dakota State. You know, Deontay Johnson came out of Toledo. Antonio Brown came out of Central Michigan. This is a conference that has put guys in the league. And, you know, with the opportunity that I think Sky Moore could have, that makes me very excited about him. If I'm betting on a guy, even in redraft, honestly, if I'm betting on a guy in the kind of profile I want a, a young receiver to have, this team, this level of opportunity, still pretty high draft capital. Yeah, I'm taking a shot on Sky Moore. Um, I, I agree with you. You know, he's got he's got good speed. His I think he's got an opportunity to be a really good player for the Kansas City Chiefs. I agree, and I think myfrontpagestory.com has an opportunity to be the greatest Mother's Day gift of all time. The key is it hangs up in her house forever. So it's the gift that keeps on giving for her and you. She will cry when she gets it. It's framed. It's beautiful. You still haven't gotten her anything. Myfrontpagestory.com. Now we get to Christian Watson. Interesting one here, Joe. Yeah. He is big. He's he huge. Is fast. Huge. Uh, he is exciting. There's mm-hmm. thought that he might be a little raw. Obviously, a big step up in competition. I'm sure you talked about this with Cosell, um, which I will listen to. Uh, but his comp-, comp for Christian Watson. Well, I remember asking him, this is before the draft. I remember asking him about Watson. And he's like, yeah, he's Marquez Valdez Scantling. Where does he go? He goes to the Green Bay Packers. Um, I have him at AA because of projected opportunity, but also behind guy a guy like Sky Moore because the level of competition. I mean, he's running past guys who, I mean, probably ran in the four sevens and four eights at corner, okay? <laughs> now, there's certainly talent here. And I thought it was interesting that um, Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show basically between the first and the second rounds of the draft, day one and day two. And I'm sure McAfee, who's been getting quotes from Aaron Rodgers for it seems like six months, I'm sure he's sitting there like, man, they had two first round picks and they didn't draft another receiver, you know, like, and Rodgers was kind of diplomatic. He's like, hey, look, man, we've had a lot of success in the second, third rounds drafting wide receivers. I'm not panicking just yet. Then they come out on day two, and they do an aggressive trade-up with Minnesota to draft Christian Watson, division rival. I have to feel like Rodgers was in there. Like, Rodgers, like, they they went through all this trouble to repair this relationship. 
you have to feel like Rodgers had a little bit of a hand in this suggestion of Christian Watson, which makes him particularly interesting. And of course, we know about the explosive athletic ability of Christian Watson. Like, that's what's going to stand out. I just feel like there might be a little bit of a learning curve here for Watson, which shouldn't be shocking given he's coming from a one double A. I refuse to say the other thing, but he's coming from a one double A program. You know, he also he's he's coming from wearing the Packers colors. I mean, North Dakota State yeah. has the exact same colors as the Packers. It's kind of funny. So I'm gonna group these next guys together, Joe. Now you got George Pickens at nine, John Mechie at ten. Alec Pierce at 11, and Tyquan Thornton at 12. So Pickens to the Steelers, talented Georgia, had the injury. Mechie to the Texans, talented Alabama, had the injury. Pierce to the Colts, just talented. Yeah. And then Tyquan Thornton is the one that, to me, you get drafted in the second round as a wide receiver by the New England Patriots. That is the... Kiss of death. Uh, I mean, I looked back at the list um, of, of Patriots wide receivers drafted this morning since Bill Belichick took over uh, is worse than you think. I mean, literally, I mean, Julian Edelman is probably the best, but like the guy who played and started the most games in the NFL was literally the second wide receiver ever drafted by Belichick and the Patriots. Um, and that was, and that was uh, Dion Branch. Uh, Dion Branch was the guy who came out and uh, actually I think it was the first wide receiver they ever drafted. Um, and he ended up having a really good career. But since then, it has been a disaster area. But I still have to evaluate the prospect in isolation. And this is a guy I really trust Greg Cosell on. He said, yeah, there's there, there is a lot to unlock with Tyquan Thornton. Um, and the rest of the receiver depth chart is just a bunch of guys. And I wonder if he's got an opportunity to come out and make an impact. But I do have him ranked behind George Pickens. You know, Pickens is wild to me because there were some, I don't want to say off field, like he had some, you know, in the community or things like that problems. But this is a guy who multiple scouts, that he had some incidents on the field, getting into fights and whatnot. Scout said, I love this guy's talent, but I wouldn't touch him. He has some growing up to do. Okay. I think it's interesting that the Steelers took George Pickens because the Steelers have a history. Santonio Holmes, uh, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown of drafting these guys. And then they go nuts. They just lose their minds. Maybe the Steelers are like, hey, this guy's already lost his mind. Maybe he'll go backwards. Um, the Steelers have had problems with wide receivers developing kind of a diva personality. Well, they looked at this guy Pickens, who many, and if you look at articles from the Athletic and scouts out there, the anonymous scouts, those dreaded anonymous scouts, many of them suggested he had this diva personality, had some growing up to do. The Steelers clearly know that, and they still drafted the guy. So I think that's that, that's an endorsement of his character from Mike Tomlin. That's an endorsement of his character from Kevin Colbert, the outgoing general manager. Um, and I just think this is an indictment of Chase Claypool, who clearly. Uh, ended up in Tomlin's doghouse at the end of last season. Awkward that he had to announce this pick, by the way. Uh, when it comes to John Mechie, I think he's got an opportunity to get great uh, targets here with the Houston Texans. I think he's got an opportunity, if he proves he's healthy, can instantaneously come in and play the slot. You can make the argument he's going to finish second on that team in targets behind Brandon Cooks. 
And Alec Pierce, this was just the Colts taking an example. I know, like, our brains want to say, like, oh, I'd love to pair a big X like Mike, uh, like Michael Pittman with kind of a movement guy. Get that Z, like, not that they had an opportunity to draft him, but pair Michael Pittman with Chris Olave, you know, stuff, something like that. And I think you view Alec Pierce and his talent as kind of that boundary X, that big athlete on the perimeter. But here's what the Colts did. They just drafted a bunch of freaky athletes. And that wide receiver depth chart outside of Pittman was as bad as it gets in the NFL. Um, we're talking we're talking Michael Strahan, uh, spelled Strachan, but actually said Strahan. Paris Campbell, who's played about three games in five NFL seasons. Desmond Patton, like Ashton Doolin. Like, this is a bad, bad, bad wide receiver room. Alec Pierce is going to get an opportunity to go in there and contribute right away. Yeah, I really like that fit a lot. I think he'll be good in that offense. I, I have a feeling that Matt Ryan is going to trust him and like him. You know, Ritter didn't always throw him the best balls either. And mm-hmm. Pierce would kind of just go up and get it. The rest of the guys you have, and, of course, you can always check these out over at FantasyPoints.com, 22 Feast. And, frankly, you should. It is at let me think, 11, 12. At 13, you got Vellis Jones. Yeah, which was, uh, which was – might have been a reach, but that's an opportunity ranking right there because the Bears did not do enough to help Justin Fields flat out. 14, David Bell to the Browns. 15, Jalen Tolbert to the that Cowboys. One, I might be too low on Jalen Tolbert, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to do some readjusting. 16, Wondell Robinson to the Giants. 17, Romeo rolling on dubs to the Packers. 18, Kyle Phillips to the Titans. He'll start in the slot day one. 19, Danny Gray to the Niners. 20, Khalil Shakir to the Bills. And then 21, Calvin Austin to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, there is so much you can debate in these rankings. Because, like, even at the top, there's not the Jamar Chase, you know, Waddle, Devontae Smith this year. There's debate at the top. There's debate in the middle. Now, Calvin Austin's a guy I'd struggle ranking because I love him as a player, but I wonder if he's a certain kind of player. The Steelers are loaded at wide receiver. Just an interesting class, but already some guys who, like, when you tell me I have Jalen Tolbert at 15, I'm like, ugh. And I have to go in and kind of readjust and just see, you know, once I come out and do my rankings, go through my process, really start to rank these guys differently. Um, but I, I, it, it's a fun process, and uh, I, I honestly – I thought most of these guys landed in really good spots. Really looking forward to the next couple of weeks, Joe, and going over the rest of your rankings because it, it this is it. I mean, this is what we're looking for. This is it's that time of year where people need to know. I will be curious to see how you feel about some of the veterans when we start to get into ADP. Mm-hmm. We'll get some other guests on the show. Should be awesome. Check out Joe on social at FG underscore Dolan. If somehow you're on TikTok, follow me on TikTok. I want more TikTok people at Ross Tucker NFL. And then go to fantasypoints.com, use the code 22 Feast. I'm stuffed. We're done. 
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.